Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the DC Sports Brain Trust. My name is Varun. I'm your host and moderator, joined, as always, by three of my good friends and the best damn sports analysts around, Chris, Nick, and Rahul. Gentlemen, how do we get the Trey Lance to DC welcome party started? Keep playing like we have been, especially today. Yo, hey, it's just close. field territory now. Hey, Amazing. today was a close game. <laughs> That's right, we are close. It means we're close. Between the Raiders and the Chiefs. Close game with a damn good culture, and we're going to dive into that culture right now. Uh, I'm diving into more topics. <laughs> All right, so to start things off, we have football. The Rams uh, unfortunately beat the Washington TBDs 30-10 to today, uh, and the TBDs fall to 1-4. and um, I would say the biggest story coming into this is the fact that for the first time since November 2018, Alex Smith took the field for Washington football. And my goodness, everyone's breath, breath was held the entire game, <laughs> the entire time he was in. <laughs> I felt like that made the game unwatchable because like every hit, I was just like, oh God, like if he goes down the ground, doesn't get back up. Like just like the thoughts that are us. I had like his wife is watching in the stands with his like wife kid. and kids, wife I and kids. Like, oh my god! Like the thing, the, the I think I think do not injure yourself. I was I was kind of fine with it. The only time where I was like actually cringing was the sack where Aaron Donald basically put his entire weight on Alex Smith. I wanted to, yeah that that reminded me of the Lawrence Taylor jumping on Joe Theismann's back because that's exactly what happened to Theismann was. He jumped on his back and then grabbed, and then he f- grabbed him down, and then Lawrence Taylor's weight fell onto his leg. And I'm like, oh my god, it was the exact same setup. Yeah. But once yeah. he got up from that, I was like, all right, got the first hit out of the way. It was a pretty nasty looking hit, but and 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 like against and of all games for Alex Smith to return, it was against a defense which run defense not great, pass defense one of the best, and they have the best defender in the league. So it was essentially nerve wracking to watch Aaron Donald basically like use laser vision on Alex Smith to get sacks on him. Yeah, the weird thing is we couldn't run on them at all either. Like we couldn't run, we couldn't pass. It was just bad all around offensively. And yeah. defensively, it was and bad all around. There was for, no game balls in this game. For those that weren't aware of the drama this past week or the decisions that the team has made, uh, the team benched Dwayne Haskins, and he was not playing today because he was feeling sick. Uh, so Kyle uh-huh. Allen Kyle Allen took over until Jalen Ramsey gave a dirty hit on him, and Alex Smith came into the game and took everything over. All in all, uh, both quarterbacks did – Meh. More that worse than meh. Yeah, they I would say it was disastrous. <laughs> both of them Com- combined combined about 110 yards. Uh, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But it's not like Allen have rushing TD. But oh yes, you're right. You're right. So no passing touchdowns, but Kyle Allen did have a rushing touchdown. The the but the thing is, is that like the offensive line was doing no favors to no. either quarterback, and I feel like if. And just from what I saw in the beginning, like even though Kyle Allen was making a lot of short throws and wasn't really attempting to to, to to throw the ball deep, I did see a little bit more confidence in him than I saw with Haskins. It's just when you have a line that doesn't protect the quarterback, you're gonna play poorly. And to bring to bring up that O line, I'm glad you brought that up because we discussed the fact that the O-line hadn't looked very good at the beginning of this season and kind of since got a little bit better and some of those sacks were on Dwayne Haskins and not so much the O-line. Today, the O-line played very, very poorly for both quarterbacks, and you have to really take that into consideration. Aaron Donald had three sacks. Some other guy I've never heard of had three sacks. Um, You know, so... You can't put this solely on the quarterback this time. And to be fair, I don't want to put previous sacks on just Haskins either because the O-line has been inconsistent. But today was just a disastrous O-line game, especially Wes Martin, man. He is... He's a disaster. Okay, um, to, okay. To be fair to West Martin, he was he was blocking Aaron Donald, and that is a no. Monument. He was not. He was not well, blocking Aaron were, Donald. There were there were times where Aaron Donald was putting pressure on him. He there actually no caused 
Morgan Moses to give up a sack by falling into him, and that was an Aaron Donald. So that wait, okay, can't... so then, okay, so then, my mistake. Who was guarding Aaron Donald? Uh, West Martin, no, was... earlier and... no, it was West Martin, and mostly. They... Nick's, being, Nick's being silly, saying that he didn't, he wasn't blocking at all. That's what I meant to say. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. Was no, he was not blocking him. He was letting him by. Yeah, who is who is who is West Martin blocking? Was, Nobody. Yes. Yes. Chris was the only one that caught that. He was Damn. blocking the ghost of Christmas past. Yes. He was. He was. He was. He was going through the motions. Uh, basically, the motions of looking blind in a grocery store. Yeah. Basically. Kind of as a referendum on um, West Martin, should we consider moving West uh, Schweitzer over to left guard and then starting Brandon Sheriff when he's back to health at right guard? Because I, I think we've seen enough of Martin. I think you have to. And um, yeah, West Schweitzer, you know, he's certainly not consistent, but he has been probably one of the best on the line. And I think it's hard to pull him out outright. When you still have West Martin in there, I think put him at left guard from right guard, and um, when Sheriff is healthy again, I think you have to do that. Yeah, I've been surprised by how Schweitzer played, and I think that you have to you have to have room for him on the starting yeah. O line. Um, but with Brandon Sheriff coming in, it just makes more sense to get like bench Martin for poor play, and uh, hopefully that will drastically reduce the amount of sacks their quarterbacks are taking. But I think our quarterbacks are also causing some of the sacks that they receive. Not oh, against, yeah, no not doubt. in the Rams game, but in Haskins showing out against Cardinals and the Ravens. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, Alex Smith, you know, I don't want to uh, criticize him too much in this game because obviously he goes from being third string to being to, uh, to playing most of the game in less than a week. So, you know, and he's first game back in like two years. So I don't want to criticize him too much, but a lot of those sacks were on him being a little bit late to recognize the pressure um, and not getting escaping the pocket soon enough when he probably had an opportunity to. So there were certainly some sacks that were on Alex and frankly, a lot of the bad play kind of does fall on him. Um, so I don't know. I can hear the ambulance in the background because of all these hot takes. Yeah, is that your? Is that New York City? No, no, it wasn't. I could hear it from. There was. There it is. Um. But okay. But just kind of going into it, let's. I want to talk a little bit about the rushing attack. Um. It seems like in this game we saw a lot of Gibson and McKissick kind of dual-headed beast mode, basically. Even though the stats don't really reflect that. Uh. Gibson had 27 yards, which is not a good outing for him at all. And McKissick no. tried, and I mean, he had six receptions for 46 yards. But it seems yeah. like it, it seems like they're they they could be shifting towards a more. You give Gibson the ball that you you hand off the ball to Gibson and have McKissick as a pass as a passing back. Um, but would love to get your thoughts on the rushing attack in today's game. Yeah, Both, all your thoughts. I think McKissick. I think Gibson has, like, over these past few games, been kind of inconsistent um, in terms of, like, uh, like, it feels like sometimes he does see the holes uh, that his blockers give him and he's able to explode. But this game, and I noticed recently in the Ravens game, Gibson's just kind of, like, running into the backs of his blockers a lot. And McKissick, you don't really see this issue with him, but they're not really running with McKissick as much. So Gibson, there's a lot of struggles that he's having um, with reading his blockers and just like pushing out um, regardless of if it's a shotgun set or anything. So I think they really got to slow it down for him somehow, maybe even have some like fullback sets with him because he doesn't really know where he's going as um as a running back, and he's actually doing a lot of damage out as a receiving weapon. And perhaps we should develop him there, and noticing our lack of weapons at the slot receiver position specifically, maybe we should like develop him into catching some routes there. Um, yeah, I pretty much agree with all that. Um, I think overall, 
it, it's tough to grade just the running game performance today when the offense as a whole just is not clicking in any way, shape, or form, and the offense offensive line's not playing well. Um, you know, there were, you know, what am I trying to say? Um, it's hard to comment um, over a shit yeah. game where like nothing's working. Yeah, I think um, Gibson had a rough game. It just felt like he got stuffed pretty much every play. And McKissick obviously continues to be a big part of our passing game, of what passing game there was today. He was our leader in uh, receptions and yards today. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like McKissick has kind of an opportunity to have a 100-yard game here at some point if we have an offense that's clicking because he's really shown a lot of potential. And frankly, I think he's – out, he's definitely exceeded my expectations of him. Uh, you know, and he could be a very big part of this offense if the offense gets going at all. It's but just wasn't it today. Nope, it was not. Um, but on the other hand, we did learn that Ernest Hemingway's long lost grandchild, Tamaric Hemingway, is now on the roster. Um, Rahul was very excited about him uh, in our group chat. You want to give a little more background to the people I think, Rahul, on Tamir? I think he was more excited that he was related to Ernest Hemingway. No, that was me mainly. That was me mainly. No, no, it was Rahul. <laughs> what the fuck? Rahul was like, whoa, dude, did you know this? This is incredible. I said if he was related to some at, other Hemingway. At, at me, at me and Varun were like, oh yeah, man, that's pretty cool. Yeah, he uh-huh. was like, "Holy cow, dude! This is the coolest fact I've heard let's, about the Washington football let's team." Rewind the tape here. I can bring up the receipts now, but I thought like our tight end situation is pretty dire. Um, Logan Thomas is just kind like he's getting targeted a lot, but he's not really providing anything to show for it. And Jeremy Sprinkle was terrible. He had one. Almost reception that just completely slipped out of his hands on a critical third um, down. And we needed someone else to step up in that tight end room because obviously they aren't it. Uh, but I think we just got to take the L on that position group, <laughs> like the other position groups we have. So, D-line on. so to add to draft necessities next year, an entire offensive line, a quarterback, a tight end. Wide receivers. Wide receivers. Free safety. <laughs> Safeties. Yeah. I'd say both safety positions, strong and free. Yeah. I mean, we're stuck with Landon Collins another year because of the contract. But the dude's – he's a weakness on our defense right now. I mean, he he's missing tackles. He is getting burned in coverage. He'll blow up a run play, but, like, all the damage that it's done before that is just – terrible uh, egregious he got him and kendall fuller got burned uh on that one deep ball touchdown to i think that uh, was a miscommunication issue like because yeah, kendall fuller looked like he was typical. covering the flat <laughs> yeah well cool. kendall fuller and jimmy moreland i believe were both covering the flat and they let two guys go past him and landon collins was the only guy playing deep back there and it was like it was a disaster from the start yeah and goff recognized it right away man I, I mean, think- Jared Goff is Jared Goff. And also, I mean, the Rams head coach is Sean McVay, former Washington football team. Thanks for reminding yeah. us. Yep. I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it was, it, it had to be said, like he had that, he had somewhat of an advantage going into it. I like McVay, man. He's, he's, he's a good guy. And yeah, he is. I met, I, mean, him, I met him a couple times. He's like a really nice guy and like the real deal for sure. He left at the right time. Yeah, he did. One of the one of the high okay, I know it's not much to talk about in terms of highlights, but I really think that Kendall Fuller played played well today. He was definitely a shine. He had four solo tackles. He had a pick. Like he was, he was doing his job, even if the rest of the defense, the rest of the secondary wasn't. He also had uh, two uh, pass deflections, which was like really impressive. Yeah out of Kendall Fuller, but I thought uh, other than Kendall Fuller, another highlight was Montez Sweat kind of developing and stepping up and getting a sack on Jared Goff where no one really yep. could. Four, four so tackles, a sack, and a QB. Yep. He showed off that four three eight speed also catching uh, uh, I think it was a running back. Daryl Henderson? Yeah. Or Malcolm he, Brown? 
I know he got Malcolm Brown for a TFL. Yeah, he sprinted down the field and caught up with somebody. And, you know, it's like you don't see pass rushers that far down the field. And, you know, I saw that with Chase Young, too, on one of those plays where he had to really go down the field and chase some guy and uh, knock him out. So but that's also really – guys are, are athletic freaks. Yeah, They're also, also a very play. Yeah, they're also very dedicated because, like, even even if you knew the play was a bust, like, Sweat still took the time to get down the field to try and make the tackle. And I'm sure Ron and the rest of the coaching staff will recognize that uh, and see that Sweat is determined to finish the play, even if, you know, it may not result in the best outcome, which, I mean, I, I, I really liked to see out of him. Um, couple of... Ambulancing. That, this one. This one is New York. This one is me. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> see the same ambulance and just drove up north. <laughs> <laughs> Made it all the way up to New York City in like fifteen minutes. It's also an Uber driver, kind of the same. Life is tough uh, as an EMT. Yeah. Right. Uh, Chase Young also returned uh, after being out with a groin injury. Um, he he didn't he didn't do too much. I think he's just trying to ease back into the game, but he's still a also an athletic freak and will be a force to be reckoned with for offensives uh, going into the rest of the season. Yeah, you know he looked he looked good. Um, did he get a sack? I don't think so. I he, thought he did. Uh, he did. He got a tackle for a loss. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, you know he looked fine. I, I think Chase looked good out there, and uh, Montez looked really good. Kendall Fuller's pulling his weight, and after that, it's. I, I kind of want to ask this question because, you know, our defense is ranked somewhat decently in terms of the yardage allowed. I think we were like seventh, but we were twenty first in points allowed, and this is like the fourth straight week we've given up at least thirty points a game. So, is is our defense really being hampered by the secondary, or is our defense really just overrated? I think more than the secondary, it's getting hampered by the safeties, like specifically. And also our inside linebackers, like KPL gets abused in red zone situations a ton. Like he's responsible for like four touchdowns against him just because he doesn't have the speed uh, to get back there or like the quickness. And our other linebacker mainstay, a Bostic, just kind of sucks all around except for blitzing. So it's like... Our inside linebackers are not that bad, but if our safeties were good, that deficiency wouldn't matter as much. And yeah. our quarterback play would be kind of improved too. But our safeties are so bad, they're missing tackles, there's miscommunication, no one knows really what they're doing. It's it's making the whole defense look a lot worse than it actually is. I I kind of wonder if our defensive line is maybe not as good as it looks on paper. I mean, obviously last year, everyone rattled off all the names of the guy first round picks that we had on the line and the defense as a whole was a disaster. And this year, you know, while I think you have occasional good plays from chase young and sweat and John Allen and Payne, just collectively, I don't know if they are as good as they should be as a group. I don't know. I'm and, trying to look at the stats here. I mean, yards per their yards per game, we were seventh in the league. I don't know what we will be after today, but uh, we were averaging – we were giving up 338 yards per game before today, and today we gave up uh, – where is it, team? Ah, shit. Well, the NFL Network website is garbage. Uh, just want to d- don't mean to interrupt you, but just breaking news uh, here on the Brain Trust. Uh, Falcons are going to fire Dan Quinn, and an yeah. I know it. And Great. and an announcement is, is expected tomorrow or Tuesday. This is from a source from the Athletic. I literally just got the notification on my. Phone. I think this yeah, is. I see one of, This is Varun's. Varun's sources is, are telling him. <laughs> Can they trade Haskins? Can that be one of your breaking Adam news? Tucker, is that you? <laughs> Hey man, at least I'm not Ian Rappaport getting suspended. <laughs> yeah. He got suspended for something that Waj like Waj got suspended for something a lot cooler than what Waj got Ian. suspended for telling a US senator to go fuck himself. I'd rather <laughs> talk about this and whatever the hell <laughs> from the Rams game to be honest. Rappaport got suspended for putting an ad on his 
page or something? Uh, something? Like, yeah, something related with Manscaped, but they're not sponsoring us, so please blurt this out, Chris. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we refuse I mean, to add any companies whatsoever unless they pay <laughs> us to do it. We, <laughs> we are purely socialist here. So shit, we we talked about Google earlier. Well, we gotta blurt them out as well. Are we replace with someone else like Ask Jeeves or something? Yeah, right. Uh, okay, so <laughs> or the, uh, the little paper clip that used to be in the Microsoft Word. Clippy. <laughs> yeah, Clippy. <laughs> so Bro, um, just kind of as a yeah. wrap up, getting back One on topic. Dog. <laughs> Getting back on topic. No, um, no, no. We're going to keep going with this. <laughs> this is going to turn into the random um, corporate America brain trust. This is what happens when the WFT loses for four games. We just don't, don't even talk about them anymore. I mean, there's not really much to say about the yeah football team that we've kind of already hashed out. Like, it's the same shit, different week. Yeah, yeah I just wanted different to different with year. this. Um, the new guy from Temple, uh, Isaiah Wright, I, he had two what-the-fuck-are-you-doing plays, like where one, uh, about to end the half, he was supposed to go out and he tried to twist inwards and kind of bled out the clock so they couldn't take a shot at the end zone, not like they would have made it. But we were pretty much doomed to only score three points at 48 yards. That was kind of like, what the fuck are you doing? And then there was another play where he just took, like, it was... I think he was trying to return something and he fumbled it and like just barely was able to recover it. It was just like a very weird day and pretty shitty day for Isaiah Wright. And I thought he was going to progress a little bit more or maybe we could see uh, Antonio, Antonio Gandy golden making some plays, but alas, Been our new players irrelevant. didn't perform. Also NFL.com, you have a bug on your website. I click, you, they have the individual, they have this individual stats for both teams and then they have a, a tab that says team for team stats and I click it and it basically breaks the entire web page and I have to refresh it. So also you are wrong, Nick. Montez Sweat did get a sack. We were our eyes did not lie to us. Yeah. Wait, Montez Sweat, oh yeah, he did have a sack. Yep. According to the athletic, yeah, he did. Um all right. Well I honestly I think we could just I, I think we could just talk about hockey now. I think I think I think we're good on football, bro. I think we all get the point. Yeah. yeah. Our yeah. safeties were so bad they started to Shazer Everett. Like I don't think we have to go over it more. Actually, one more thing, real quick. Uh, since we're still on the topic, Riverboat Ron apparently said in the post game presser that if he is good to go, Kyle Allen will be the guy next week. I do think this is what I want to happen because I think Alex Smith is kind of capped out. Like it is a great comeback story, and he should get that award and all of that um, stuff. But like. You have him at his age. He's kind of afraid of not necessarily taking hits, but like making more aggressive plays. And he's always going to be that conservative kind of player. And this time, our defense isn't as good to kind of roll with that. So I kind of want us to start the younger player in Kyle Allen and just see what he can do. Like, he obviously has a lot of flaws, but he did score the only uh, touchdown of yeah. this game with that rushing touchdown. So, yeah, just hope yeah. to see more from Kyle Allen. Hopefully it's for the best, and if not, then we're already tanking for Justin Fields at that point. Yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. I thought we were going for Trey Lance. I mean, if I we're going to draft the overall, I don't think we can really shoot for Trey Lance because Fields will probably perform better. Fields will be number two overall. I mean, it's it's going to be it's Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Trey Lance in that order. Yeah. It really depends where you land in the draft and where you might where you might have to trade up. And I hope that the Washington Football Team does not trade up. First. If it's yeah. trading up like one spot, I would do it. But I if it's, like if we were at number two, would you trade up to one? No, it'll, it'll cost too much, and we'll ruin Trevor Lawrence. I think you have to stay at two and take Fields at that point. But I think if you're at number four, I think you really have to consider trading up a spot or two. Um, because at number maybe four, maybe if you're at four, maybe. Yeah, because I, I'm, I'm not usually it. a big. I'm not usually a big fan of trading up in the draft. And uh, trust me, I'm being a fan you? of the team that traded up for RG three. I completely understand that, but. 
I think Riverboat Ron deserves to pick his guy, and you got to. That's true. You and you it is, let him pick his guy if if it if it means trading up a spot, I'll do it. And it is but, the quarterback, which like we all know is the most important um, position. I will not give up multiple years of first round picks to do it, though. Never. Yeah, first if round. One, if it's next year's first round pick, I will consider it for the right guy, but. Um, I, 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 do, I cannot sign on for anything beyond that. Yeah. I mean, but okay. So now I so, think the so, only uh, way you do it is if you're like the fourth or fifth pick. Yeah. And you're trying to move up to three. You probably give up. You could probably get away with giving them a second and a third. I don't know if you'd have to give up a first. I don't no, think I, you would. Uh, if if you're would just be... up from four or five to three, I feel like you could give them like a second and a third. And obviously you're, fourth or fifth pick and that would be i think that would be a fair trade actually yeah. i think it's like fifth to fourth like, is probably like two I second think, rounders i think if a team it might be yeah yeah i mean either way i think if a team's in the third spot and they're they don't need the quarterback and they're moving down to four or five i think they'd be satisfied with two second round picks and look at the um when trubisky uh when the bears moved from three to two to get trubisky i think they only gave up like a second and a fourth I forget exactly what they gave up, but it wasn't anything ridiculous. That was still too much for Trubisky. It was. I mean, obviously, it was the wrong pick, but moving up the spot didn't cost yeah. them that crazy amount. So what if the Washington football team has, like, seventh or eighth overall? Like, who Like who do you who do you try you, to go for then? You go for that Florida tight end. Yeah. You go for the Florida, the Florida tight end. I don't think Penny Sewell would drop that far. I'd have to look at the, uh, I'd have to look at the um, the people that are going to be in the draft next year more because I don't. Sure we'll, I'm well. sure we'll get into that later on yeah. in the year. But yeah, in the but meantime, maybe we talk about. In the meantime, maybe we talk about the uh, the draft that just happened. Ooh! Oh Oh man, you Chris is taking my. Damn it, Chris. What's the segue, Varun? We can't dive into hockey. <laughs> we can't. I mean, if you make the uh, rink really hot, you could. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Let's skate on over into hockey. Um, <laughs> like, I set it up and I'm still mad about it. What pisses me off, too, is it's just hockey that's skating into. The rest is diving, which makes equally no sense. Why would you ever dive into a football field? You know what? You, 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 hello, you dive into the end zone. Are you hello? I haven't seen any Washington only... players dive into the end zone. Sorry, okay. Chris. <laughs> Pretty unexpected. That's the only spot that I mean, for hockey. You can dive in every spot. You can dive into the all four sports. Spans wild. <laughs> I just haven't seen it in Washington football because we don't get into the end zone. All right. But you can dive in baseball. I'm sure. I'll set you up with another one. I'm sure Michael A. Taylor has dove a couple of times. The he's goat. dove. He's dove Probably into for our a heart. spinning curveball into the dirt, but you know he's dove into our Actually, heart. <laughs> no, no, he's so good that he just stands and the ball goes over to his glove. Like he doesn't it's actually dove anywhere. <laughs> He knows exactly Anyways, where go. the Capitals. Anyway, anyway, gloves are off in DC with the Washington Capitals. You had to double down. Let's let's move on to the actual hockey. Who the fuck did we sign? Oh god, the Cowboys are tying the game. That's not and hockey. Dan Jones just, just threw a pick six. Anyways, Danny Dimes. All right, all right, here we go. Here we go. Talking about hockey. Talk about the Washington Capitals. Uh, the Washington Capitals signed legendary future Hall of Famer goaltender Heinrich Lubquist to a one-year, one and a half million dollar contract. Um, this is the latest move from the organization, and it is pairing a veteran goaltender with our new future goaltender, Ilya Samsonov, while Vanacek is developing. Uh, I think this is a really good move uh, because you because Lundqvist is obviously very knowledgeable about the goaltender position. And he's a Hall of Famer, most likely. Exactly. And he can definitely mentor Samsonov and definitely you know help him develop his and hone his craft with the position and also he'll be able to give Samson off a break. If like he needs a break during the season, which I mean, every, I think every professional hockey player will. Yeah. Like you don't see, you don't see goaltenders playing all 82 games anymore. That just doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 
Exactly. Um, but want to get your thoughts, Chris. You were not going first in the football, so I'm going to start with you for hockey. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this signing? Are you excited about Lundqvist in D.C.? I mean, yeah, you pretty much uh, summed it all up pretty well. Um, yeah, I think it's a good kind of player-coach uh, relationship that Henrik Lundqvist have uh, with with Sam Sonoff. So, yeah, I'm a fan of it. It's not that expensive either, and like, and he he'll, uh, he'll he's he's not going to play a lot, and he's not the best anymore. But he'll he'll be able to hold down the fort for 10, 15 games. Yeah, I was gonna say he's been on a kind of a steady decline. Um, well, he's just old. he's getting old. That's yeah, all. it's been pretty like static. Uh, like I think like... he he wants like one or two more chances at a Stanley Cup, and. I think that's part of the reason why he signed with the Caps. Pretty sure it's um, exactly why. I think he tweeted it that he yeah. was like one yeah. one mission, one goal, or something like that. I, well, yeah. and if any like behind Alex Ovechkin before he won it, if anyone deserved winning a Stanley Cup, Lundqvist was probably it. Yeah. He's probably the number one most deserving active player right now that deserves a Stanley Cup championship. I think out of all the teams that offered him a contract, he said the Caps were the best one to probably get a Stanley Cup run. So that's why he took the offer. Yeah, I mean he he understands he and he also I'm sure he understands what they're bringing him in to do. Um, yeah, I think it's a really 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 good deal all around the, yeah. the guy that you're getting, and there are expectations that he understands coming into it. And yeah, you know I think whether it's like ten or twenty starts that he gets for the year. Um, you know, his stats are, yep. I think last year he was still saving at like nine Oh five, you know, which yeah. is, it's not amazing. It's his career is like nine two. And that's basically what Hopey had, you know, in the playoff run when he was just playing lights out. Um, you know, so if you, ex- if Samsonov takes kind of another step forward as we would hope he does and, uh, Lundqvist plays at about the same way, at about the same level that he played last year. I think it's hard to argue against that being a really good opportunity for for a playoff run next year. Yeah, if he if he continues with the uh, the point nine zero um, save yeah. percentage, I think that's kind of what they're expecting. And yeah. at this point in his career, what Lundqvist is able to do, um, and I'd be okay with that, especially with for how cheap we're getting him for. Um, and also the insight that he can provide for Samsonov. Um, in addition to that, Lundqvist can also kind of leave his mark on the NHL for a while longer with that kind of coaching and helping this young young goalie out, and maybe it will segue him into a coaching career after um, his NHL career is all said and done. Would he go for head coach, or would you have him as like a, as like a goaltender coach? I would imagine he'd start as just a goaltender coach. Um but I like I, I don't know what he I don't know that much like if he even wants to coach to be honest. But I'm just thinking of like if he would want to. This is a good way to segue from being a player to being a coach. Makes so sense. That might be another reason why he came here too. True, true. All right, let's 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 uh let's go down a little real quick and talk a little more about some of other pieces on the caps, uh, particularly our defense. Our defense was a bit of a struggle in this most recent season. And, That's another uh, statement. <laughs> hey, man, just want to be nice about it. And uh, with new he- and with Reardon out, and with Reardon kicked out the door, and Laviolette coming in, uh, the question is: Is he going to make any significant defensive changes? Yes. I mean, they've already made a bunch, right? Like, yeah. I mean, no. Uh, oh, yeah. No. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. We, um, obviously, we don't have Kevney because he went down to injury. Mm-hmm. So Brendan Dillon will probably and so basically, if we want to go over the all the signings for the defense, they signed Brendan Dillon and Justin Schultz and Mar- or, uh, Van Riemsdyk um, to bolster the defense. So and Dillon, Riemsdyk, he has a brother that is with Martin. Dudley. Martin, Martin Van Riemsdyk is the uh, Martin play for the Flyers. I, I want to say like the Maple Leafs, but I'm I can't remember. Um, but I, yeah, Brendan Dillon will probably slide into the, the that top line with John Carlson, which will be nice because he's more of a defensive minded guy. While we all know what John Carlson can do, should have been the defensive player of the year, but you know 
yeah, got robbed. Like this season he'll be able to get the Norris Trophy. Uh, but he got robbed two years in a row. Yeah. Either way, fortunate. Um, the second line will probably be Dmitry Orlov and Justin Schultz, which is the the new guy that they just signed, um, as well from the enemy, um, team over in Pittsburgh that shall not be named. Um, and then it also, there's a small chance it'll be Jonas Siegenthaler at two, but I think he's going to be at number three with, uh, Nick Jensen, um, or Trevor Van Riemsdyk at the, at the bottom there. I can Martin see the... Va- right. is probably going to go back down to Hershey or he'll just be a healthy scratch all the time. I can see I the argument down to Hershey. for putting Siegenthaler in the second line, just to like very... Like, our third line is so bad with um, Siegenthaler and Jensen. Third and defensive line is never, never going to be that great. They're not going to get a lot of ice time. The third defensive line never gets a lot of ice time. Like, what, if we're looking at Carlson and the Carlson and Dylan line is probably going to be sitting at like 24, 26 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. And then the Orlov Schultz line is probably going to be sitting at like, I don't know. 15, 20. 16. Well, more, probably closer to 20. And then the other one's going to be 16. Probably even less, to be honest. It'll probably be more like a 26, 22, and then 12-ish, I'd imagine. Um, so, I, I, like, we're not have like... And Siegenthaler is not terrible, I think. Um, and I don't know why you'd want to spread capabilities across lines um when you can have your your second line guys against their pretty much their second and third line offense like i I don't know why you'd want to make like your half of your like it's kind of like making like half of them good against their all their pretty good guys and then half of them good against their bad guys like why why not takes the next step and just like, oh yeah, shit, we got to. If he makes the second, the, the next step, maybe you slide him up to two. But to begin the season, Schultz is better. Um. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why you would want to uh, put your better guy against their worst guys. If you are following what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm just glad that Radko Goodes did not get an offer. But also, similarly, we didn't extend an offer to Boyd. Which I thought was a little bit surprising. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like that surprised at it. It's a, kind of like, an inconsequential decision. Yeah, yeah. it wouldn't have cost much, it. but it also would do anything savings like, wise. They they already had Pino and Sprong, which are probably going to play instead of Boyd. Which I mean, all three of those guys are pretty much the same capability. So I'm not surprised that he's departing. Um, he was going to be a scratch player, even if, and now I guess he'll get a chance with the Maple Leafs. Yeah. So Trevor's brother, James Van Reenstijk, yeah, spent a few years with the Flyers, a number of years with the Leafs, and back with the Flyers the last couple of years. He's had a pretty solid career. Um, it's been in the league for like 13 years, or yeah, 12 years, so. Ah, uh, yeah. Van Reems like was with the Maple Leafs a while yeah. back, and now he's with the Flyers. Yeah, we can talk about another change that happened. Uh, Varun's favorite player, Brayden Holtby, is now uh, Canuck for yes. two years. Two years, eight and a half million dollars. Um, honestly, Brayden Holtby left on a good note. Uh, he helped DC get a championship, and I don't think there's any super hard feelings. Uh, from either the fan base or Holtby himself, it was just you know it was you know this is this is this is what happens in sports like you know eventually someone else comes along and ultimately you just got to find a new opportunity and that and Holtby's opportunity was in Vancouver. So from my perspective, best selected Braden Holtby as he joins the Canucks. Yeah, I think he's got a number of good years left in him, and this past year was kind of a down year for him. Um, you know, his his record was, I mean, obviously a winning record. His save percentage was down a little bit below 900 this year. 
for the first time in his career. Um, but he's been consistently really, really good for us. And obviously in the playoff run and the Stanley cup run, he, he was spectacular. So, you know, what can you say? He was, um, he was Phenomenal. a key piece to the yeah. Stanley Cup run, yeah. Um, won the Vizina, the won the Jennings Award. But he obviously, the there was no way we were, yeah, there was no way we were ever going to sign him, um, yeah. especially for the money that the Canucks ended up giving him. Yeah, um, we were we were paying him a little bit more than that. I think he was on a five-year, thirty million dollar deal. So you, you know, we were paying him about six million a year, and well, he was also we gave him. A, yeah, he, he was, was also one of the best goalies in the NHL for some of yeah. that. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. Probably three or four of those five years. Yeah, like it was a phenomenal contract, and we got everything we would have wanted out of it. Um, but yeah. to continue paying them that rate or even at the rate the Canucks are paying them was just not going to happen on our on our salary cap. I'm actually surprised he got that much money from the Canucks. But I guess the Canucks yeah, really got, wanted him. He got paid pretty good, and I, I still think he has a few good years left in him. I think he'll have a better year this year than he did last year, if I'm being honest. And he reunites with our good friend Jay Beagle. <laughs> I think uh, Brain Holpe actually profited from a kind of a weak goaltender market because I was looking at other options we could get. We actually discussed it over a few pods ago, um, and there really wasn't that many. And I'm kind of surprised we were able to land uh, Lundqvist, but it was pretty bad uh, in terms of you desperately goalie, needed a free agent goalie. You the didn't goalie really have anyone else. The goalie market's never very strong, to be honest. Because I mean, the, that's kind of like the quarterback market of the NFL. Um, like, if you have your guy, he's your guy. Um, and if you're not, like, he's probably not that great for that, yeah. or you trade him away. Sometimes um, there's um, there's always uh, going to be those outlier years. Like I know, like the one time Teddy Bridgewater got available, he was available with a bunch of other quarterbacks. Um, and just like this last year, you had uh, Philip Rivers and Brady. And yeah, but those guys others. are just—they're. I mean, they're me- mediocre at this point in their careers. Like it's not like anybody is like dying to have Philip Rivers or Tom Brady. Um, Mr. Donna, and is seething at your remark about Brady being an average quarterback. Yeah, right. Brady and Rivers are both actually <laughs> good years. Um, wait here. So here, let me get back on topic and talk a little bit about uh, the draft, the NHL draft, I should say. Um, we, Chris, I know you were following the draft pretty closely, so I'm gonna let you take lead on this. Uh, why don't you give us? Why don't you give our listeners a breakdown of how the Caps drafted? Uh, Hendrix Lapierre. He was their first round pick. Probably the only guy we'll we'll see at least anytime soon out of that draft. Uh, the rest of them are probably going to be in Hershey for the foreseeable future, if not their entire career. I can't um, I can't pronounce some of these names. We have Bogdan Triniev. The hardest Gar- name of them all. Gar- Garhan Bjorklund. Bear Hughes. Who names your kid Bear? A badass. That's who, wow. that's an awesome name. Why you gotta make fun of the Hughes? <laughs> oh, the Hugheses? Would it be Hughes? The capital for a little perspective, the Capitals first round pick, LaPierre, was born in February two thousand two. You're Jeez. lying. You're lying. It's eighteen? Most most NHL draft picks are eighteen or nineteen. That's not a surprise. That's not he'll be in the junior league maybe another year and then a year or two in Hershey. So we won't see him for a couple years. Yeah. Not seeing someone like in the two thousands playing. (laughs) God. That is that is wild. Um but yeah, Lapierre, he's a very he's very he's kind of a cross between um Kuznetsov and Backstrom. He's got some pretty nasty puck skills. Um I heard there's out a lot of assists. That's his, that's his shining. Um, he's a center, right? Ability. Yeah. So he's, but I heard he's, there's he's a concussion issue with him, um, Lapierre, that he got a lot of concussions, uh, and like there was like a some kind of vertebrae issue that it was like giving him concussion symptoms, and it was like kind of fucked up, and that's like kind of why he was a risk, uh, per se, uh, to draft. But we evidently liked him enough to even trade up for him. Well, at twenty-two, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm willing to risk a, uh, an injury at twenty-two. 
Like um, you were saying? Yeah. Yeah, uh, we, we moved up two spots. We gave up, what, 80th overall to mm-hmm. move up two spots. And 80th overalls rarely would pan out. I mean, it's like in the NBA draft or the Major League Baseball draft. You're drafting 18-year-olds, and so you have to really foresee their development. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited about LaPierre, though. The other four guys that we drafted, I know next to nothing about, to be honest. Um, but like I said, I don't really see those guys. Like maybe one, if we're lucky, one of those guys will pan out effectively and be like at the third or fourth line. But I don't see anybody other than LaPierre making it past the third or fourth line at all. Especially that deep into the draft. I'm going to tell Mr. Hughes about this. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your good friend, Mr. Hughes. <laughs> and ask, while you're at it, ask him why he named this kid Bear since you hate that name so badly. That, that, no, no, that's me. I, it, it, it's not that I don't like that name, it's just that it's a very unexpected right. name. Yeah, but Varun isn't. Got him. No, mine, no, mine's, no, mine's a very common Indian name. So, yeah, in India. What country is Bear a common name in? <laughs> Greenland. The only, the only, the only bear I know is Bear Grylls. That's like it. <laughs> um, maybe it's common in the Czech Republic. Maybe, maybe. Oh who's to say? Uh, hey, man, who is who's to say? Indeed. All right. Anyway, uh, let's. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to say dive. Let's swing into baseball. <laughs> oh. uh, talk about our World Series reigning defending world champion Washington Nationals. Well, no longer defending, unfortunately. Um, it still counts. It, pandemic season doesn't count. Yep, pandemic season doesn't count. Nope. They're still reigning, but they're not defending anymore. Yep. Uh, one of so the biggest thing coming out of coming out of Nats Park is that uh, a bunch of the World Series coaches have essentially are not coming back. Uh, Paul Menhard, his contract expired. Kevin Long, our hitting coach, his contract expired. Third base coach Chip Hale, he's now he's not coming in. Nothing on Bob Henley or Tim Bogart yet, but it seems like Davey is trying to bring in his own staff. Um, what are your all thought? What are your all's thoughts on that? I'm all right with it personally. Um, I'm you're, surprised. You're, Sorry, yeah, Nick, go it, ahead. Oh, I was just the only point I think I have is that your primary investment in the coaching staff is Davey. And so if he wants his own guys, I'm game with it. I think Tim Bogar was probably the shining star of the assistant coaches. And my guess is he's staying put because we haven't heard anything about him and he's built up a rapport with Davey in the past. So my guess is Bogar stays and we will probably still hear that Bob Henley will probably not stay because we haven't heard about Bob Henley either. So my guess is Tim Bogar will stay and he'll fill out the staff with guys he knows. And I'm all right with it personally. I think Bob Henley will stay because they haven't said anything yet. Um, I think at this point we would have heard if somebody's not coming back because why it would just be a trickle down that we hear this news about coaches being let go. I don't know, especially because it's been like three or four days now since the, uh, the Kevin Long, Chip Hale quote unquote firings. <laughs> um, I'm surprised though that Kevin Long was let go. Cause I thought that the players liked him. I thought he had a good rapport with Davey, but I guess not. Paul Menhart's a bit different because he hasn't been with that many of the players for that long, but I thought Kevin Long, people were a fan of, of Kevin Long. Yeah, that's what who I was surprised most by, too, uh, that they fired him, because I know Adam Eaton and Kevin Long had a pretty good rapport. Um, same with well, a Adam Eaton's other... been terrible, so maybe that's why they're getting rid of him. <laughs> yeah. Eaton, I don't even know if Eaton's going to be back or not next year because they have to pick up his option. I mean, I think he will be, but there is a question there. We'll see. It depends on who the Nats uh, sign in the offseason, if they sign an outfielder. Yeah. If they, go um, if they sign Nito's somebody, I, I don't think they'll pick it up, but that's a conversation for farther down the road. Ozuna or LeMahieu? 
No, they're not going to get LeMahieu. No. LeMahieu's in the infield. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right about but that. But Peter, Peterson, Springer, or Azuna are, pro- are, the mo- are the three most likely. Right, Springer. Um, yeah. But we'll talk about those when we get closer to offseason. We're still yeah. two, three weeks plus away from that. So are you surprised that like a first-time uh, manager is wanting to bring in his own staff that he's already had a lot of success with Paul Menhart, Kevin Law. Well, they won the world series with those coaches. Like what, what, what kind of play, people would he bring in for his staff that he would know? I don't know. I mean, maybe he's trying because like that world series season, like they barely made it to the playoffs in the first place. Um, maybe he's trying to improve the team beyond barely making it to the playoffs or this year being one of the worst teams in the NL. <laughs> So I, yeah. I I can kind of understand that he's trying to change some stuff. Um, I get it. I, I do get it. I think I think you have to. I think you have to. What am I trying to say? Most of our World Series, I think, is owed to the pitching staff, the players. Um, you obviously have to give credit to Paul Menhart for putting together that that scheming against the uh, the signs stealing by the Astros. They put a lot of work into all that. And obviously he was a big part of the reason why our, well, he wasn't a big part of the reason the bullpen turned around, but you got to give Paul Menhart some credit and a lot of those guys deserve credit, but I don't know. I don't think it's a huge deal that we're replacing assistant coaches. I think we need to get our player I think we need to get our players healthy and they need to stay healthy for the full year. And I think that's where we can really show what we're made of. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're this juggernaut team that's been winning year in and year out and, or the division year in and year out. And then uh, firing these guys, like <laughs> we didn't even make it to the playoffs this year, won the wild card last year. Um, so yeah, it'd be a different scenario if, if the team was a lot better, but they're not. Uh, I just want to clear something up. Uh, I would ju- I'm on EliteProspects.com. So it turns out his name is actually Cassius Hughes, and Bear is the nickname. No, I refuse to believe that. His actual name is Bear. Yeah. I talked to... Rahul is good friends with Mr. Hughes, didn't you hear? <laughs> also, so, uh, like... Unfortunately, Varun, you're going to have to take the yell on this one. I would understand asking, like, someone's like, why did you name your son Bear? As opposed to, like, you named your son Cassius? Like, what the well, fuck? Well, maybe he, well, Muhammad Ali's real name was Cassius, so. Or his. You're again, wrong. Oh, my God. <laughs> this, Do you is... have, like, are you, like, anti Cassius? I'm not, um, no, I'm not anti Cassius. Or, or, or I guess you would be pro Cassius. Yeah, he's part of the pro Because you want action. everybody to be named Cassius. <laughs> Anyways. No, no, the no. NBA, no, no, not no, 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 Let's cash on our bet and shoot our shots. Basketball is what we're talking about now. Uh, Y'all expecting talk about the Wizards. Grant ready to be disappointed. Nope. Uh, We're just going to quickly talk about the NBA. Just like the Washington football team. Just like any Washington team right now. Uh, oh, we're gonna... whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey. I'm optimistic about the Capitals. I like all the signings that they've made. I think Schultz in himself is a, already an upgrade um, compared to to Siegenthaler. Yeah, and I mean, the Nats and, are now forever contenders, even though, and because... <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> All right, they are, they are contenders there, for the first... There is a lot of question marks around the Nationals this next year that hopefully they will answer some oh. of those questions... Well, ev- well, every season is illegitimate until they get fans back, so it doesn't matter. That's um, true. That's objectively true. I talked to uh, the commissioner himself. Yeah. Uh, we know, we know <laughs> you, have, you, have a, you, you have a direct line to Rob Manfred? <laughs> I got him on the line right now. Just knows the commissioner. I know Mr. Hughes. Yeah. 
I know, I, I know, I know, I know Adam Silver, Nick knows Roger Goodell. <laughs> Anyways, time to uh, cross over into basketball again. Fire, <laughs> heat, heat segue. I love it. I, I learned it. from the, I learned from the best. What can I say? <laughs> anyway, the NBA Finals are. <laughs> we're going the best are to not in drink ball. every time one of us say anyway. <laughs> Uh, the NBA final, so Game Six. We're recording this on Sunday, October 11th. So the so Game Six of the NBA Finals is tonight. Uh, it is the Lakers and the Heat in the finals. Uh, Lakers are up three two. A couple of interesting things right now is so in Game One, the the Heat lost their top scorer throughout the playoffs, Goran Dragic. Uh, he had a foot injury and he hasn't been playing, and his season's basically done. Uh, in the meanwhile, uh, the Lakers took a three one lead, but. On Friday, Jimmy Butler, who is now going to be a legend amongst the NBA superstars, uh, basically put the team on his back and got the a three-point win over the Lakers, who have a healthy LeBron, a healthy Anthony Davis, but a really not good Danny Green. <laughs> that was the main reason why they lost on Friday. Danny Green was not hitting his shots, even though he's supposed to be a he's supposed to be this three-point god. Um, and ultimately he was not hitting his threes. Meanwhile, Jimmy Butler played for 48 minutes, which is an absurd amount. He played more than LeBron and AD. AD had 43 minutes, LeBron had 42 minutes. 48 minutes, Jimmy Butler, 35 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, 5 steals, a block. Jimmy Butler was playing out of his mind, and he essentially pushed everyone forward, along with uh, assists from Duncan Robinson, who had seven three-pointers. Uh, to a victory and game six tonight. Um, I'm super excited to watch it. I am looking for a good competitive series. Honestly, it'd be really cool to see the Heat win this just to kind of throw the super team argument out the window. Um, and oh, so I, I want to bring that up. That is the super team argument has been a mainstay in the NBA finals. We have seen it happen before our very goddamn eyes. It's uh, true. But, then, but all the NBA. And wow. this will not be an exception as Jimmy Butler will – his play is not sustainable, and the Lakers will bring one up and just end this finals where it is. Let's see. I, you're, you, honestly, you're, you, you could, you're probably right. Uh, but I think that the Heat can take this to seven. I really do. I think that I don't care what happens, but I hope LeBron <laughs> blows it. What? What do you got against the king? I hope Jimmy – I hope the Heat lose so Jimmy Butler gets so depressed and demands a trade to the Wizards. This guy's sick of the best all-around athlete that we'll most likely ever see. He's sick of his politics is what he's sick of. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Hey, man, I'm just stating facts. Uh, That's just Nick's opinion. Um, No, okay, but anyway. (laughs) Uh, Drake, you said anyway. Drake, all right. Uh, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm joking, Nick. I love you. Um, so, are you, Rune? Are you all on the Heat train? Like, do you think they are going to win out? Uh, at this point, no. I think the Lakers will still win in seven, but I really hope the Heat can take it to Game Seven. Is what I is is what I want because, and honestly, if the Heat win, like that's going to be awesome because you know Jimmy Butler deserves a championship. He's been playing out of his mind. Um, he's had to deal with so much crap saying that he's the reason that teams have been doing poorly. He's, he's, he's a toxic player. You know, he, he actively brings a team down and, all, and clearly Butler was not the reason. Um, he's just, he's just a really competitive person and a really hard worker. And that apparently rubs people the wrong way. So that's a very Michael Jordan last dance esque defense, even though there are cases of Jordan being an actual bully in the locker room. And thank you guys for listening to the DC Sports Brain Trust. Uh, I am Varun. I've been your host and moderator, joined as always by three of my good friends, the best damn sports analysts around, Chris, Nick, and Rahul. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We will have the links to those social media handles in the description of the episode. Until then, keep supporting DC Sports, and we hope to see you guys next week.